Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. I bet with FanDuel because they're safe and secure. They offer great odds and markets across the NBA, NHL, and more. And because it's fun to combine multiple bets into same game parlays. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites. I am not Chad Melman. I work for a living. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network for this NBA playoff edition of The Favorites. Thanks for joining us from the Volume Podcast Network. The Favorites is here to talk NBA playoffs with Jason Timp from the Volume Podcast Network. Jason, how you doing? I'm good. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, excited to have you. I'm sure that you things have cleared up for you now that the Lakers have, you know, finished their season in a giant ball of flame. I get to actually watch and enjoy and talk about good basketball now. I'm very, very excited. Also joining me is Simon Hunter, who I will not lavish with praise the way that Chad Millman feels the need to every single week. Simon, I just wanted to let you know, I appreciate your work and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to talk basketball with you. Thanks, man. Yeah, honestly, I do need it, though. That's why Chad does it. I'm very mentally weak. So every week I need him to reaffirm our friendship so good. But how the hell did my life end up where I'm here working this show and Chad's on vacation? And not even that, I'm going to bring Matt Mitchell in here. Who writes up our details of our podcast? I looked last week, someone sent to me, they called me Chad's sidekick. I'm not Robin. Stop calling me Robin to this man's Batman. What is what is happening? So if I don't know if it's you, Matt, or for Drury, but Whew. Call, call me a sidekick one more time. I dare you to call me a sidekick <laughs> one more time. That obviously that was me. And <laughs> it's funny. You'll think this is a lie, but I thought oh, I'll say sidekick because Simon will never read this. 
And I didn't. Someone sent it to me. Yeah. They said, you're Chad's sidekick. Oh, uh, my God. That's very pleasing that you uh, that it found its way back to you. So uh, message received. Thanks, Simon. All right. Let's talk some NBA playoffs. We're recording this on Tuesday uh, n- around noon, Mountain Time, Tuesday afternoon, Eastern. Uh, so we're not going to talk about the playing games because we have no idea who's going to win and who's going to be in what spot. But we're going to go over the seeds that we know and get you some ideas and some best bets on those. Let's start with Simon's hometown team, those Philadelphia 76ers with their oh-so-delightful fans that have been in my mentions for the past four months about the MVP race, taking on the Toronto Raptors. This is, in my opinion, this is the trendy upset pick. This is the one that I think is going to be the public dog that everyone's like, you know who I really like? Hot take here. I like the Raptors, which is making me real nervous. Uh, We'll get to my best bet on it. But look, Joel Embiid probably going to finish second or third in MVP voting from nominal season. He's going to draw a lot of fouls in this matchup. It should be an opportunity for him to step into the spotlight as a preeminent big man in the NBA versus a team that's rolling out Kem Birch and Precious Achua and Chris Boucher at center. So this is a, a pretty good matchup for them in terms of that, but the Raptors have really given him trouble. My bigger question though, Jason is here. Look, James Harden has a pretty spotty playoff history. It, it goes back several years. He started off really great with the Sixers. And then there's kind of been a tailspin. Do you think that Harden can finally have the postseason that everyone's been waiting on and he can help MB carry this team to a title or at least pass the Raptors in a four or five matchup? I think that ship has sailed, man. Um, there's some really concerning stuff with James Harden, even beyond the postseason now, stretching into what we've seen of late, like you referenced. In his two matchups with the Raptors this season, he's eight for 24 from the field, one for eight from three, and he has 23 assists to go with nine turnovers. And the biggest issue is he doesn't have the burst to beat people off the dribble as well as he used to. And people don't understand how important that is to everything in his game, because when he has defenders on on their heels, that opens up his step back which allows him to get separation. So that's a quality shot. But when he's not beating people off the dribble, defenders are up on their toes. They're crowding him. Now he's not getting a ton of separation on that step back. Now he's trying to draw fouls instead of get quality shots. Not to mention the way him getting into the paint opens up his playmaking game. So like you're, you know, and then we get into the postseason, and now you're talking about the way that limits his ability to foul grift and the al- amount of physicality that is allowed in that setting, the way fatigue plays a role. And then the other thing with James Harden, he's a very repetitive basketball player. He doesn't have a ton of variety to the way he attacks you, which makes him directly susceptible to late series struggles because defensive players start to pick up on his cues, the little things that he does to hint at one move or one read or things along those lines. In a postseason series, variety is what wins. This is what has made guys like LeBron so dominant over the years is the many different ways that he can come at you. So I'm worried about that. And then quite frankly, the Raptors are a really, really good help team. They overcrowd uh, on ball handlers and they do a lot of stunting and doubling and, and, uh, and crowding one side of the floor And the, the Sixers do not generate a ton of three point shots, which is something that seriously concerns me. And the last but not least, Joel Embiid, Three matchups with the Raptors this year, only eight assists with eight turnovers in three games. He's not great at handling double teams. He straight up told that to JJ Redick the other day on his pod, talking about how the Raptors were the best defense to guard him this year with their ability to crowd him and make things uncomfortable. I will be picking the Raptors in this series in six games. 
I, I unfortunately it is the trendy pick, but it is based on, on what I've seen in the basketball. I just think this is a terrible matchup for Philly in the worst possible draw they could have got for that first round. Yeah. You know, the Raptors are going to switch a lot. This is part of the hard, part of the problem. Harden likes to pick on whoever the weak spot is. He wants to force you to switch and then he wants to go one-on-one and, and pick on you. This is a hard one for him to do because the Raptors are just like, we have like nine dudes that are all six, eight and they're all athletic. And then we have Fred Van Vliet. Who's a pain. Who do you want? Like <laughs> pick your poison, deal with whatever you want. Uh, Simon, before we get the best bets, I, I kind of think Tyrese Maxey is actually going to have a, a bit bigger impact in the series than Harden. Uh, if, if they were to flame out, what's the Philly reaction going to be for Harden? I mean, we're all just hoping he doesn't get paid. To, like to me, I think most Philly fans like me are just looking at it as a positive. It's like, yeah, Harden's not what he was, but is he better than what Ben Simmons was giving us? Yes. Ben Simmons was a zero. So I look at the stat that, it's to me, it's been Harden's more of taking a step back and looked at Maxie saying, I'm not the number two guy. You are. You need to play like that. I'm the old man over here. And I know that Philly fans don't want to hear that, but that's just the way I've looked at Harden taking a step back. And I know we're not going to talk about MVP race, but you said they're in your DMs about it. I think it's just because as Sixers fans, we're like, and Bede's being shit on the, by everyone in the media because he gets free throws. That's like shitting on Barry Bonds because Barry Bonds would get walked a lot. <laughs> Is it really his fault that? He's one of the most efficient players in basketball that your big man's fouling out because he's getting into the free throw line. So that, I know that's a different discussion, but I, I look at this Sixers team that I would most years would say they're going to flame out in the first round, but because the Embiid MVP stuff, I think he's going to be on the next level. I think this Maxi has really been coming into form these last couple of weeks. So I, I see why people picking Toronto as a sleeper dog, but I really do think that's going to benefit the Sixers. The Sixers are just going to be slept on like they have been all year. So I actually like them in this matchup, and I think it's good value at what is it? Um, I, I don't know what the line opened at, but I remember seeing that it started to move a little bit. Like you said, the public money was coming on Toronto. Now it's coming back. I guess professionals are on the Sixers. So I'm interested to hear what your best bet is here, Matt. Yeah. So by the way, on the grifting thing, you're absolutely right. I did a big breakdown on Action Network. You can find it that goes into the details. He absolutely gets fouled. Like I went through and was like, he sells the hell out of it, but he absolutely just gets fouled constantly. If you do the deep dive, you'll be like, God, he sells it so bad, but that <laughs> it was a foul. Yeah, let's talk best bets. Uh, my best bet here, I love win spreads. This to me is the best market on these series prices. Sixers minus one and a half is plus 124. So I'm getting the team with home court, the team with the best player in the matchup, and I'm getting them at a plus number to basically win 4-2 or better. Here's a big key. The Raptors have the 25th best half court offense, 25th. They don't have shooters. Like I'm not, that's not me saying that William Lou who does a great job covering the Raptors talks about this all the time. They don't have shooters and the Sixers don't generate a lot of threes is part of Jason's argument. And he's right there. But part of the key is they've gotten a lot better over the last since all-star since they added Harden. Maxi was shooting like plus 45% from three and Tobias Harris, who started the season absolutely sucking and all of, of Philly hated him 37% from three since all-star he's turned it up a lot. I think Maxi's going to take advantage of the other side of this matchup because he's got a little bit of size on those other guards in terms of his quickness for the Raptors. I just think the Raptors, the Sixers have too much offense. I'm actually taking Sixers minus one and a half plus 124 uh, at FanDuel. Jason, you like the Raptors just to win the series outright plus 150? Yeah, and I don't I, I like your bet because I wouldn't be shocked if Philly won. You know, like they certainly are the more talented team. 
The one ring, cause I've been worried about Toronto's offense as well. The one wrinkle is so the lineup of uh, Fred Van Vliet with Gary Trent Jr. OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes has played fewer than 400 minutes this year. That's their best lineup, in my opinion, in terms of a combination of offensive firepower and defensive versatility. And that group just hasn't been on the floor a lot this year. So I do think you'll face a better rat. And I think uh, uh, OG Ananobi did come back on Sunday. So they will both be available in this series. Him and Fred Van Vliet has been dealing with some knee stuff. So I'm 100% with you. I do think Toronto will have a better offensive punch than they've shown through much of the season. The way I look at it, this series is pretty much a coin flip on my end. I'm just picking Toronto to win because I think that that what's going to end up happening is it's going to come down to James Harden's ability to create offense from the perimeter, and I just don't think he's going to be able to create enough of it. Simon, what do you like in this one? Yeah, honestly, if I'm just going off pure value, I think the best value is honestly on Toronto minus one and a half, just because Sixers always choke as a fan. I know this and Doc Rivers historically has choked other than that one year with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. So Sixers don't have three all of famers on their team right now. So I'm I'm leaning towards the Sixers losing, but obviously as a homer here, I've already bet Sixers minus one and a half, but best value Toronto minus one and a half. Plus one and a half. All right. Uh, Let's go to Bucks Bulls. Simon, I want to ask you about this one, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this one because this is going to be like this one's the one that's priced the shortest in terms of how long the series is going to go. Um, Bucks are minus eleven hundred to win the series. Bulls are plus seven hundred. When you got a huge matchup in any sort of sports betting situation where it just seems like everybody is like, "Oh, they're going to kill them. Oh, this is going to be a complete wipeout." What's your instinct? Is your instinct to, to like if it's not if the market reflects that right? It's not just that, that it's a trendy spot here but the market actually shows that there's this wave in one direction what's your instinct there as a better i see i love the nba that nba is just keep it simple stupid we, we know who the best players are we know what the best systems are you know what the best teams are so i'd probably talk to 10 different pros that this is their biggest bet bucks minus one and a half and we've seen that line running for the series price so to me i'm all over the bucks the bulls we've seen it this year right every time you see them play a good team they lose and yep. That's just that's just who they are. They just don't have the superstars to keep them in games. The, the Bucks are locked in. They've only gotten better this second half of the season. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love the Bucks. And you're right. Keep it simple. I'm just going to take that minus one and a half. Yeah, I got minus two and a half at minus 170. That to me is like on the series, on the win spread. That to me, I'm willing to pay the 70 cents on the on the dollar there. Just I'm I, I'm OK with that because I. I I want to be able to cover if you go for the sweep, right? You can get the, the sweep at FanDuel at plus 270. Don't mind that. I get a little worried about what we call it the gentleman's sweep, which is you get back to Chicago, the Bucks let up, you let them have one to be polite, and you finish up at home. Like that seems possible. The Bucks play drop coverage. DeRozan and Levine go nuts for mid range in one of the games. They win the other game in Chicago, and we're out of here in five. That seems like the most likely scenario to me. Minus one, minus two and a half, minus 170. I got to pay the 70 cents on it, but I'm all right with that because it covers me in case the buck, the bucks just don't have, and the bucks also have this, these shooting nights where it's just like, they are getting wide open looks, clank, 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 clank. Uh, Jason, what's your best bet for bucks bulls? So I think, I think a sweep is very much within the realm of possibility. I'm with you though. I would go for one just because of the type, the type of thing that happens in a playoff series where a team just brings lackadaisical effort. You talked a lot about the Bucks running drop coverage. Another big issue there is 
Vucevic is a great uh, pick and pop big and one of the best counters for a drop coverage when the big has to drop and the guard has to chase over the top is to have a big who flares out to the three-point line. He's almost always wide open. The last time they played, Vucevic got a lot of really good looks out of that kind of stuff. The main reason why I would not be surprised by a sweep and the reason why I think this series is going to be so dominant for the for the Bucks is that when you have a disadvantage in the stars, which obviously we can all agree that the top level talent on the Bucks is way better. But usually if you're going to be able to gain some ground, it's because you have a team advantage, something that your team does really well that the other team does really poorly. And the gaping hole, anybody who's watched the Bucks this year, the gaping hole with the Bucks is they overhelp and they give up too many threes. They give up over 20 wide open threes per game. So at least six feet away the defensive player. They gave up more than 20 of those per game. So they give up tons of open threes, but the Bulls attempt the fewest threes out of any team in the NBA. They attempt just under 29. So the Bulls offensive system is not set up to capitalize against the Bucks' biggest defensive weakness. So when you couple that with the star power gap, I think that this is just a significantly better basketball team. That's also a bad matchup for the bulls, but I'm with you. I'm with you, Matt. There's you just, you just never know with these game three in Chicago buzzsaw crowd. They haven't had a playoff game in forever. I could totally see it going. uh, I could totally see the bulls getting one, uh, but I think this is going to be a dominant performance from Milwaukee. I don't want to be annoyed that the bucks clanked one. In Chicago, I just feel like I'm. If I take the sweep, I'm gonna be so annoyed. I'm just gonna. I always get mad. At the Bucks would be in like, just hit the open shots, guys. Just your professional basketball players, please make the open shots. Uh, Eastern Conference final or finals. I'm sorry, Eastern Conference title futures for just to win the conference. Bucks are plus two thirty. Nets plus three thirty. Heat plus three ninety. Celtics plus five hundred. Sixers plus six hundred. Raptors plus twenty seven hundred. Those are your real threats. My best bet for a futures play, if you're looking for the Eastern Conference, is actually Sixers plus 600. I've been down on them all year. I don't love this team. I don't love a lot of their defense. I have questions about their coaching. Joel Embiid has real trouble with the double team, like like Tim talks about. I always talk about how that's an issue. But look, they're on the good side of the bracket. We don't know how the play-in is going to go. If the Nets somehow wind up an eight, then I'm going to be like, oh, no. But, But the Nets also don't have anybody to guard Embiid. And if they get past the Raptors, the Heat are a tough matchup, but it's the one that you want. At six to one, I think the value, the best value in the East is on the Sixers. Jason, what do you like in the Eastern Conference? I love that number for Boston. I was thinking about that. I was doing my play-in preview for the show, and I was looking at that uh, t- that two-seven matchup with Brooklyn, and I really like Brooklyn. But every every time I've watched Boston and and dove uh, uh, taken that dive into what they do, they have a system that I think is built to succeed in playoff basketball. Uh, especially now that Jason Tatum is so good at accepting the double team and weaponizing it to get open shots for his teammates. Obviously the Robert Williams thing concerns me. And then you run into that issue with when teams double Jason Tatum, you get a lot of like Marcus smart taking a three, you know, or, or like Derek white taking a three, who's been a really bad shooter this year. So you can see that there is some weaknesses forming there, but at that number, I think Boston is every bit as capable of winning the East as any other team there. So I love that, that number. Simon, what do you like? Yeah, honestly, it's not even a homer pick. I would just say Sixers just because no team has something to counter on beat. So if, if he can get hot, if Harding can actually wake up and stop playing, like you guys have been talking, he just can't hit shots right now. If, if him and Maxi and Embiid all play at their capability, the Sixers, that's like, that's a really, really tough big three. And then Tobias is the fourth man. So at plus 600 with the Sixers, that's just 
really good value on a team that I feel like we're getting that number just because every year they've let people down. I'm still furious that we got the Nets who are in the play in and they're still plus 330. The books just all year are like, nope, liability's too high. And they got Kevin Durant. Go fuck yourselves. Don't care. <laughs> nope, not moving the line. Uh, let's go to the Western Conference. The Nuggets taking on the Warriors uh, with likely MVP winner, odds on favorite Nikola Jokic, who surprisingly at this point you would have to say is the best player right now in the series, which is crazy because Steph Curry, who's going to be one of the 10 best players probably of all time based off a of resume, is going to be in the series. Uh, likely Steph Curry returns, not for sure yet, but I think Curry's indicated he feels pretty confident that, that Curry's going to be back. Uh, Nuggets are plus 205 to win the series, minus 250. The uh, win line spread is Warriors minus one and a half at minus 105. Um, I'll just go ahead and say this. I, I like Warriors minus one and a half here. I cover the Nuggets locally here in Denver. They're the team I see the most of. They're exhausted. They're tired. Jamal Murray's likely not coming back. MPJ is not coming back. Uh, there's no reason to think MPJ is coming back at all. There's very little reason to think Jamal Murray comes back. Second best player is Aaron Gordon. The Warriors are going to dare him to shoot. Third best player is Will Barton. They're going to dare him to shoot. The Nuggets have, have done some pretty impressive work making it this far. I like this matchup, honestly, for Denver. That's what sucks, is if they are fully healthy, I would be hammering Nuggets plus 205 here. If they just had Jamal Murray back, forget MPJ. If they just had Jamal Murray, but this team ran out of steam. They're exhausted. They had to play their starters heavy, heavy minutes early on in the season because they had the worst bench in the NBA. Dragged them down. So for me, I'm getting minus 105 on Warriors to win this in six or less. That's easy for me. I'm going to be on Warriors minus one and a half, minus 105. Simon, what do you think? Yeah, I honestly wanted to really bet the Warriors to win it all. But like you just said, the Steph Curry injury, it's just really throwing me off because we don't know what he's going to be coming back. But I can't, I can't get over this MVP thing. The Nuggets are the sixth seed in the, the Western Conference, the weaker Western Conference. And this man's going to get MVP. It is crazy. Joker's going to win it. But I don't know. I honestly, I, I just want to take the Nuggets because I like, I like them better. But you just talked about all the matchups. They're out of gas. They've kind of they've kind of run as far as they can. So I guess I would take the Warriors just because Clay's been there, Draymond's been there, and Steph obviously has been there. So yeah, I'm with you. Minus one, minus one and a half. I like this line especially because it's like, do I think the Nuggets can take a game? Yeah. Do I think the Nuggets can take two games? Pretty sure. Yeah. Do I think they can take three? I do not. I do not think they can take three off the Warriors. Uh, Jason, do you have a lean here? Yeah, I'm with you. I would take the Warriors in five. I, the, the thing is, is personnel limitations in particular are easier to work around in a regular season than they are in a postseason. In a postseason setting, when you have the time to scout and you get extra look at film, it's just easier to to counter and make adjustments when you have personnel advantages. And the Golden State Warriors are absolutely unquestionably more talented. I understand the, the, the question marks surrounding the Warriors. They're a lot like the Lakers this year in the sense that like every time one of their stars was healthy, the other one was hurt. And then one, one of them would come back and then the other guy would get hurt. And then it just, they never really had that continuity, but there's two reasons why that doesn't scare me. One, the Golden State Warriors are a well-run team. And so when those personnel issues happened for them this year with injuries, they continued to run functional basketball with a good amount of talent, with young players and a ton of athleticism. They're, they have like one of the deepest arsenals of wings, athletic wings that you see in the league, which, you know, I love that kind of thing. And then what the other thing too is it comes to continuity. 
if there's one trio in basketball that you would be least concerned about picking up how they play on the fly, I think it'd be Steph Clay and Draymond with all of the reps that they have over the years. So I think personnel limitations are going to end up coming back to haunt uh, Denver. The, at the end of the day, they're going to end up probably doubling Jokic for the most part, but you've got one of the best backline communicators in the league and Draymond Green sending people in the right direction and a ton of athletic wings to rotate around. I think Golden State's going to to pull it off relatively easily. I would give Denver one game, though, for sure. Game one, I'm absolutely going to be on the under. Uh, Warriors defense is going to switch everything and make it tough on Denver. Jokic is going to have, I think, like 35, but nobody else. That's going to be their scheme. Is there going to be like, we'll live with Joker scoring 45, and there, nobody else is going to be able to get up enough. And then the Warriors offense, surprisingly, very middle of the pack. It's a very Even versus a bad Denver defense, their point of attack defense is horrible the Warriors just haven't been good enough offensively. I, the number's 226. Um, money's coming in on the over. I'm probably going to go the other way and, and take the under in game one at least. In the NBA play-in tournament, there are no sure things, except one. Bet at least $20 in same-game parlays at FanDuel Sportsbook, and you'll get an instant bonus, win or lose. That's right. Not only do you get to enjoy the NBA's best duking it out for the right to advance to the playoffs, but FanDuel's giving all customers a bonus for getting in on the action. Oh, and the more you bet, the bigger your bonus. For example, tonight I'm considering a Nets Moneyline, Kevin Durant first basket scorer, and over same game parlay. FanDuel is an official betting partner of the NBA. Their app is safe, easy to use, and you'll get your winnings fast. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? Sign up today with promo code FAVORITES to make every moment more. So don't just watch the NBA play-in tournament, be a part of it. Bet at least $20 in same-game parlays and get an instant bonus, win or lose. Must be 21 or over and present in select states only. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 7 days. Max bonus $100. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342-1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or visit hope ny. 467369 in New York. Call the Tennessee Red Line at 1 800 889 9789 or 1 800 522 4700 in Wyoming or visit 1 800 Gambler.net in West Virginia. Mavericks Jazz. So this one's the most up in the air because we got Luka Doncic's calf injury. So for those that like aren't, don't follow the NBA as much in terms of the injury status, here's the deal they don't have to submit an injury update on Luka Doncic until friday so friday around 5 30 eastern is the first time that they were going to have to actually give like a status for his game they released a statement today tuesday that said that uh there's no timetable for his return this is gamesmanship he could be back he could not be back what they want to do is they want to make the jazz have to prepare for both outcomes they want to make them have to do more work the idea of what does the jet what does the mavericks look like with luca and what the mavericks look like without him calf hamstring those type of calf and hamstring those type of injuries are are it takes rest and they're slow to heal i think there's a good possibility he doesn't play in game one 
I think there's been a little bit of an overreaction in the market on the series price, which is Jazz minus 166, Mavericks plus 140. Mavericks have got home court here. I think Luke is probably back at some point in the series. The matchups are tough. Utah played Dallas really well. Luke has got a bad habit of not bad habit. He's got a fun habit of targeting the toughest player. Like he's, he, he calls for the switch versus Giannis. He calls for the switch versus LeBron. He calls for the, like whoever's like this marquee dude, that's who he goes at. So he goes at Rudy Gobert and Gobert shut him down. Easiest way to beat him, beat the jazz, make Gobert switch out onto somebody that is perimeter oriented, stick him in the corner and attack that way. But the Mavs have small ball. They can spread five. And more than anything, the jazz have just been imploding. I don't know if I'm going to bet this. You got Lucas injury casting a lot of doubt. Mavericks are plus one and a half, minus 110 on this, the win line. That one's a little attractive, but I want a plus number on it. And I'm not getting that right now. So yes, Lucas injury status is a concern. I don't think he misses the entire playoffs or the entire series. So I lean a little bit towards Dallas, but I, this is one I'm going to stay away from because I think it is that close. Jason, what do you think? You know, I'm so bummed about this injury. <laughs> Dallas was one of my favorite picks to potentially win the West. I I think you you got into this, Matt, and I'm glad you brought it up because I think it's so important that the the best way to attack the Jazz, if you understand that they're a weak perimeter defense team, is get Rudy Gobert in a position where he can't help. So whether that's, like you said, getting him switched onto a perimeter player, then giving up the ball so that he's guarding said perimeter player away from the action, or if it's multiple rotations, that's the other thing, like drive and kick basketball to where Rudy helps at the rim once, but then has to track somebody out to the perimeter. Now, a second rotation, you have Jordan Clarkson on the back line or things like that. Luca is one of the, on the short list of players that is best equipped to put the jazz in those predicaments so that they can score at will against that team. So having him out just throws everything in a loop. The one thing that's interesting is over the course of the last couple of years, Dallas has actually been pretty good when Luca's off the floor, which is not a Luca take. It's just a credit to that organization and the fact that they have a system that works. What fascinates me the most about Dallas is their ability to defend without defensive personnel. You look at their lineups all the time. They have these guys that are not great defensive players. Luka Doncic, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, Jalen Brunson, you know, Maxine Cleaver's okay. But it's like they're, they kind of manufacture a lot of stops because they are utterly committed to the work. They do a ton of of doubling and trapping and, 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 and blitzing pick and rolls and stuff like that. And they just run like crazy on the back end to recover. I think the jazz won't have an issue scoring necessarily because of their dribble drive attack. I just, I would like, I would pick Dallas to win this series in five or six games. If Luca was healthy, him being out, you're right. Half injuries are a total crap shoot. You have no idea how his body is going to respond it's just, it just is a huge cloud hanging over this series that makes it really difficult to predict. Yeah, Simon, I've looked at betting this both ways on it going seven games because you can get plus 550 Jazz 4-3, plus 420 Mavs 4-3. It gets me a little, I get a little bit nervous about it. If, it, if a series tilts in one direction, it goes rapidly in that direction. It can be 4-1, 4-2, especially with the Luka factor. If this, based off of Luca's situation and everything else, is this is this bettable? Is this like something we can really try and get a cap on? No, nah, but being a pro is all about picking your spots, and this is a spot you just can't pick. I mean, I these European guys are built different. I'll never forget. I saw Giannis tear his ACL last year, 
And then I saw him go on to win the NBA championship. So I'm done playing the guessing game. These guys are freaks. No one knows. I can, maybe you're right. Maybe I'll take them a game or two to get it right. But who really knows? Like you said, it's, it's better just to wait and don't try to think you're smart. Everyone else taking Utah because you think he is going to be out. Cause we just don't know. Like, like you said, no one's going to know until Friday. So that's one of those, I would just wait it out to be honest. But that's, waiting out, I think is the best call here. I think what I'm going to do I'm going to assume that Luca doesn't play game one. And if he doesn't win game one and the jazz win game one and they take home court, that Mavs number is going to spike Yeah. in terms of a plus number. That's the spot. So I think that's what I'm going to wait for. Finally, the Western conference, you've got the Suns plus 120 to win the Western conference warriors plus 400 Grizz plus 600 jazz plus 950 nuggets plus 1200 and the Mavericks at plus 1300. Uh, my best bet for the Western Conference in terms of a future, I like the Warriors plus 400. I, Simon's probably going to take Suns because it's keep it simple, stupid, best team by a wide margin. I don't like the matchup. I've watched all, all those games this season. The Suns made themselves a little less diverse in what they can run. Jason talked about this earlier, about they're diverse in terms of what well, you want playoffs, you want to be able to do a lot of different things. The Suns of that Dario Saric went, you know what? We're not going to get like a small ball option. We're just going to add JaVale McGee and Bismack, and we're just going to be like super good at what we do. And it works for the regular season. You run into these switching teams and you don't have a small ball option. That gets difficult. They don't feed Aiden enough to punish the switches that they're going to generate with this, the Warriors with the death ball Draymond at five lineup. So if it's Warriors, especially since the Warriors got out of that side of the bracket, made me feel a lot better about it. Grizz are inexperienced. They don't have a good half-court offense. The Warriors' path is really easy. It's a Nuggets team without Jamal Murray, a Grizzlies team with a banged-up John Morant that doesn't have any playoff experience. And then you got the Suns. We'll see if Chris Paul stays healthy. At 4-1, to one, to me, the best value is on the Warriors. Simon, do you have any value on a Western Conference future? I like where your head's out of the Warriors. I can tell you the professionals, they've loved the Suns all year. And their biggest reason is this team in the fourth quarter just comes back. Every time they're down in a game, doesn't matter the score, they're going to crawl back. And that's that Chris Paul thing. It's like everywhere this guy goes, he turns teams around. They kind of take on his identity. So I'm right there with you. If Chris Paul stays healthy, I just see this Suns team, anytime they're down in a game, when things start getting really tense, that's when they seem like they're at their best. Like when everyone else is kind of like freaking out, who's going who's gonna to do what? No, who's going to take the ball here? Who's going to take over this game? The Suns all players all know their role, so – yeah, if, I, if I'm going to bet value, you know, I'm not going to take a plus 120. That's no fun. So I, I would join you on that Warriors bet just because they're the veteran team. We trust them the most out of all these teams. So if healthy, yeah, I, I love that Warriors number at plus 400. No Lakers to bet in the Western Conference, Jason. Who do you like <laughs> to win the West? Not this year. Uh, to be clear up front, I think the Suns are going to win. I think they're the most talented team in the league. I think they're better than they were last year. I agree with Matt. I think they're beatable, and they're beatable in their lack of versatility. That I 100% agree with. Um, what makes what makes the betting interesting is I like both of those numbers, the Warriors number and the Grizzlies number, because if you told me like, all right, Jason, you can either take the Suns or you can take the Warriors and the Grizzlies, uh, which of those two groups would win. I'd say it's about a, a coin flip 50 50. So at a plus 400 and a plus 600, there's a very good chance that the Warriors or the Grizzlies will end up coming out of the conference. I really like uh, how athletic and versatile defensively Memphis is. I also think John Morant brings an interesting kind of like Dwayne Wade element where it's very, very difficult to officiate him when he comes flying through the lane. So you could see him in a pivotal playoff series shooting 15 free throws if 
in a pivotal game because just the refs don't know how to officiate a guy like that. And then Golden State, obviously, with all of their their you know all of their experience, they're every bit as capable of 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 coming out of the conference. And then, you know, this is the most important detail. Just like last year, we don't know what the big wrinkles are going to be, but there are going to be three or four huge wrinkles in this playoff series in the form of injuries or a big team getting knocked out by a bad matchup. You just don't know. And so there's obviously a good amount that's up in the air. And if that happens to the Suns, one of those teams, the Grizzlies or the, or, or the Warriors are going to come out. I think those are the only two teams in the West that are capable unless Luca gets healthy. So I like those numbers for those two teams. Yeah. Well, I will just say this. If the Clippers win the play in, in either spot and we get to Friday, and Kawhi Leonard pops up on that injury report is questionable. I'm going to be panic running as if Chad Millman just found out that oat milk is out of the store. Like (laughs) I'm going to be absolutely panicked uh, to get in Clippers bets. If Kawhi Leonard pops up on that injury report, that team is scary. They are just missing uh, as my colleague Raheem Palmer calls him robo Jordan. And, and, And real quickly, Matt, dude, why in the world would Paul George literally needing Tommy John surgery rather than getting the surgery, knowing that Kawhi is coming back next year so that he can have a full off season potentially to work on his game. Why would he come back to play in this play and run unless Kawhi was coming back? I just don't get it. I keep thinking about like, if my elbow was missing a ligament, if I didn't think for sure that I had a chance to win right now, I'm getting the surgery because I have a lot of basketball left to play. You know what I mean? So that, that whole thing is fishy to me. And I'm with you. Like, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Kawhi came back. Plus 1,900 Clippers to win the Western Conference. That's insane. That's going to do it for the favorites. Thanks for joining us from the Volume Podcast Network. Make sure to download the Action Network app. You can follow Jason and Simon on Twitter as well as me. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you next time. I like you. 